You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Filato's Fantasy Corner. We're on to week five, ladies and gentlemen, but we've hit yet another snag with COVID-19. We expected there to be disruptions throughout the season, but now multiple teams are starting to test positive, and it seems to be mitigating the possibility of certain games this week. The Tennessee Titans are at the forefront of this snag that the NFL has run into. Corey Davis was just placed on the reserve COVID-19 list, and the Titans, who were a day away from returning to their facilities, will have to have two straight days of negative testing from players and personnel until they can resume activities at their facilities. Tennessee now has 12 players on the COVID-19 list. Since the team may not be able to practice, the game against Buffalo remains in doubt. The league, according to NFL.com's Tom Palacero, has launched an investigation actually into the Titans, and they have seen a coronavirus outbreak spread among their roster and are believed to have conducted an illegal off-site workout, which I believe can be found on Twitter. There's a video or something along those lines kind of floating around, and some around the league believe the league is about to really come down hard on the Tennessee Titans. We're talking about a historic type of punishment against the Tennessee Titans. Mike Florio talked about it on Pro Football Talk. In addition to levying a six-figure fines against the teams for the coaches not complying with mask protocols, the NFL has also threatened to strip some teams of draft picks, and that would set this baseline, and they actually might use the Titans as a team to be the example for this because they really need to come down hard and they really need to not allow these teams to kind of do as they feel and hold these workouts when they're all supposed to be in quarantine because a virus is spreading throughout their team. And as of Wednesday afternoon, and it's Thursday right now, and I believe another person has joined this group, but Corey Davis joins Adam Humphreys, Jeffrey Simmons, Daquan Jones, Christian Fulton, Kamalea Correa, Bo Brinkley, Isaiah Wilson, Kari Blasengame, Cameron Batson, Greg Mabin, and Tommy Hudson on the COVID reserve list. There are over 20 players and personnel that have tested positive for the Titans at this point. Now, the personnel is starting to come down with it. I'm not sure if it's coaches, if it's front office personnel, if it's somebody who changes the trash cans by the field. I'm not 100% sure about that, but it's spreading around that locker room. And the Titans and Bills game could possibly still go down. Seems unlikely right now, to be honest. But Tennessee will be severely shorthanded at wide receiver if that does happen because A.J. Brown, who's coming off of injury and only played in week one, is their only real healthy starting receiver due to Humphreys and Davis both being on the reserve list. Now, we also got to look at another AFC East team that's somewhat affected by this. Now, the Bills haven't had any positive cases, but the Patriots have. And the Patriots have been shook by COVID-19. Their most important player, Cam Newton, did not play in Monday night's 26-10 loss to the Chiefs, a game that was postponed one day due to the diagnosis. 
And as of right now, Stefan Gilmore, the Defensive Player of the Year in 2019, has tested positive and will miss the Patriots' Week 5 game versus Denver. And it's another thing to monitor is the Chiefs, who just got done playing the Patriots. Pat Mahomes was seen after the game hugging and talking close with Gilmore, as were a few different other Chiefs players. Now, Gilmore tested negative before the game, so he may not have been contagious, but he ended up testing positive two days later, so it's something to keep in the back of your mind. And as for Cam Newton, he's been asymptomatic. He could be cleared to return to the Patriots five days after his first positive test if he continues to not exhibit any symptoms, has two negative tests 24 hours apart within those five days, and is cleared by the team doctor. As of right now, man, it seems highly unlikely he plays on Sunday. And the Patriots game in general is kind of up in the air because another positive test may delay or cancel the game entirely. I mean, it sucks, but it's our reality. So we're going to have to adapt and overcome. And as for the Patriots and the Chiefs, it's Thursday right now as I record this. Both teams had another clear round of no positive tests. So we'll see what Friday holds and we'll see what Saturday holds. Because we saw last week with Cam Newton, that was Saturday, right before they boarded the plane to go to Kansas City. It's challenging, but it's hopefully doable. We'll see. So this week, I want to do something a little bit different. Since my rankings will be posted on Big Blue View, I want to go through some important fantasy stats per team that have been amassed through four games. I believe the sample size of four games is enough to deduce at least a small trend. So let's go through some fantasy points per game statistics by what the defense allows. And I want to start with the quarterback position, okay? And the team that surrenders the most fantasy points to the quarterback so far is by far and away the Atlanta Falcons. And they get to face the Carolina Panthers at home. So we're looking at Teddy Bridgewater, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, hell, possibly Ian Thomas, could be in for some fantasy goodness this week. The second team is Seattle. They're going up against Minnesota. Seattle gives up to quarterbacks 33.9 fantasy points. Atlanta, 37.5. It's crazy. This is a pure setup game for Teddy Bridgewater. Let's hope that he doesn't end up blowing it somehow, which would be incredibly unfortunate. And he actually comes in the top 10 for me. He's my ninth ranked quarterback on the week. I love Teddy this week. I think it's a smash spot against Atlanta, and Atlanta has not been able to stop anybody. They're playing on a short week. So it's they played on Monday night against the Packers, short week against Teddy Bridgewater, who's starting to find the grooves, used his legs a little bit last week, rushed for a touchdown. I have him coming at nine. And as for the Seattle Seahawks, I have Kirk Cousins coming in a little bit later at 14. He's at Seattle. Russell Wilson's my number one ranked quarterback this week and Minnesota ranks mid-pack it's about 10th in fantasy points allowed per game for quarterback 22.8 fantasy points that is but I also think that's going to be drastically spiked by facing Russell Wilson who's been on fire and Russell Wilson had a modest game for him last week he only had two touchdowns he was down in Miami west coast to east coast trip one o'clock start it's never excellent for that kind of quarterback but Russell Wilson right now is my number one ranked quarterback because he's on fire and he has a ton of weapons. And Tyler Lockett's going to be in for a bounce back week as well. And number two, I have Pat Mahomes against Las Vegas. Three, I have Dak Prescott at versus the Giants. And then four, I have Lamar Jackson versus Cincinnati. Now, the third and the fourth ranked 
defenses that give up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks are Cleveland and Miami. And you're not going to be starting. I'm sorry, but you're just not going to be starting Phillip Rivers and possibly Jimmy Garoppolo if you're lucky, but Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard. It's not exactly what you're going to be doing. But the fifth ranked is New Orleans, who gives up 26.3 fantasy points per game. And they get to play and host Monday Night Football against Justin Herbert. Now, this is a primetime game. It's the third primetime game for the New Orleans Saints. They haven't had much luck in primetime. They lost to the Raiders in primetime. Lost to the Packers in primetime. Now they get the Chargers, a rookie quarterback at home in the Superdome. Now, I can see Justin Herbert putting up fantasy points here, but I think the Saints are going to end up winning this game. I think the loss of Austin Eckler is going to really affect this team as well. It doesn't seem like Justin Jackson or Josh Kelly can make up what Austin Eckler could do in the receiving game even a little bit. It just doesn't seem like that's going to be a uh, something that they could do. Now, the next team, actually, that gives up the most fantasy points is the Chargers at New Orleans. And Drew Brees' arm, it's not there for, to push the ball vertically right now. But this could be a low-key, high-scoring game. The over-under suggests it. It's 51. The highest on the slate is the Chiefs hosting the Raiders at 56. And the Giants, the Cowboys, Giants at the Cowboys, is also a 54.5-point over-under as of right now, according to DraftKings Sportsbook. But yeah, it's going to be a lot of scoring this week. There has been a lot of scoring so far in the year just because I felt like the defenses weren't going to be as adept especially in zone coverage and if you can't play man coverage consistently which can be beat as we've seen as Giants fans against Pittsburgh Steelers and even the Chicago Bears now the Giants played a lot more zone against the Rams and it really worked especially because the communication that Patrick Graham was using on the back end with the switch coverages really worked but that stuff can also be exploited now Baltimore has been giving up a lot of fantasy points to quarterbacks as well. I think them and the Saints, it's a little bit of a fool's gold. I don't think that those defenses are going to be abused consistently. I just think (laughs) the Baltimore Ravens had the pleasure of playing Pat Mahomes, which did not work out for them, and the Saints had the pleasure of playing Aaron Rodgers, which did not work out for them. And both those quarterbacks are on fire. Now, I'll run through my top 10 before I transition to the running backs. One, Russell Wilson versus the Minnesota Vikings. Two, Patrick Mahomes versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Three, Dak Prescott versus the New York Giants. Four, Lamar Jackson versus the Bengals. Five, Josh Allen at Tennessee Titans, if that game even ends up going down. Six, Kyler Murray at the New York Jets. Seven, Deshaun Watson versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Eight, Ben Roethlisberger versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Nine, Teddy Bridgewater at the Atlanta Falcons. And ten, Drew Brees versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, it's uh, Deshaun Watson. Now, this is going to be an interesting one because they have a switch at head coach. Bill O'Brien is gone now. And Deshaun Watson, hopefully they let him cook a little bit more. Now, he doesn't have the type of weapons that Russell Wilson has, but I believe in the talent of him. And I believe Jacksonville is a team that you can definitely throw on. They give up 24.6 fantasy points per game, so it's a little bit to the top tier of all the other defenses. So I think that's definitely something that we could look at. Now let's move on to running back. The Las Vegas Raiders give up the most points to fantasy running backs, followed closely by the Carolina Panthers. Now, 
The Carolina Panthers is a little bit skewed because Josh Jacobs had that three touchdown game in week one. I feel like the Panthers defense has been a lot better. And now they get to go to Atlanta and play Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is one of the most touchdown dependent players. He just does not look like he has the kind of burst that you want to see from a starting running back. And you're just hoping that he can take one of his 17 carries and just kind of fall into the end zone. And that's really what you're banking on because Todd Gurley right now averages about 30 snaps per game around 12 carries and he's getting about a little bit more than half of the snap percentage they also implemented brian hill more ito smith gets in there he's definitely somebody you're trying to get off of because he's coming off of a two touchdown game where he still didn't even crack 20 points in half point ppr leagues that's not necessarily something that's good but he'll get the goal line work so as long as atlanta can move the football which they have struggled to do recently with the injured julio jones matt ryan has not looked all that great but hopefully Todd Gurley will end up kind of finding his groove here because it's has not been good and I have Todd Gurley right now ranked at 16th my first running back is Alvin Kamara he's been basically the first running back every week he's an absolute stud I think Michael Thomas returning might affect him a little bit just because more targets are not going to go his way it seems like Drew Brees especially when they're in catch-up mode is just checking down like crazy I don't know if they'll be in catch-up mode against Justin Herbert as much as I love that kid I just I, I think this Saints defense will be able to step up a little bit against a young team that just lost one of their star players. Number two, I have Dalvin Cook at Seattle. Three, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. First, the Las Vegas Raiders. Four, Ezekiel Elliott. First, the New York Giants. And then five, Derrick Henry versus Buffalo. Now, when we look at some of these stats for someone like Ezekiel Elliott, he's getting the dominant amount of snaps. Has 89% of the snap percentage averages 18 carries per game i think that's going to skyrocket this week shouldn't even really be going over ezekiel elliott because you're going to be starting him no matter what anyways but i could see the cowboys not being in catch-up mode against the new york giants which is going to lead to a lot more fantasy points for elliott who's had solid fantasy games but not the elite level fantasy games that we're kind of used to seeing Similar to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think he's in for another really big week, just similar to week one, where he got, what, six goal line carries. Kind of struggled to punch it in there, even though he did score touchdowns in that game. But he is getting 66% of the snap share right now at running back. Averages about 14 carries a game. And I think they can get a lead on the Raiders if this game ends up going down. And then I think it's going to be Clyde Edwards in the red zone. It seems like they've been using a lot of kind of really creative plays they had the shovel pass to sherman they had the shovel pass to tyreek hill they've been using a lot of that i think they're going to just kind of like hard nose it run it through the a or b gap with clyde edwards alaire and i think he's going to end up falling into the end zone in this game but we don't really necessarily need to go over someone like edwards alaire either because he's another player that you're going to be starting now houston gives up the fourth most fantasy points to running backs 32.7 fantasy points per game and that bodes well for james robinson who has just under 60 percent of the snap share averages 15 touches a game about 39 snaps a game now james robinson for me he comes in at 11th at houston again houston's going to be revitalized they got rid of their coach now they could be in disarray as well but they've struggled to stop the run and james robinson has been the best pleasant surprise 
of any fantasy player so far. He's double digits every single game. He gets the goal line work. He gets the carries. He even gets a couple passes here and there. So I have him at 11 right before him. I have Mike Davis at 10 at Atlanta. He's another player who's just filling the Christian McCaffrey role. So until Christian McCaffrey gets back, plug Mike Davis into your lineup. It doesn't look sexy, but he's getting the carries. He's getting the receptions. He has all the goal line work. He's an excellent fantasy option, a running back one. Right before him, I have Jonathan Taylor at Cleveland. Now, Jonathan Taylor, it it seems like the Colts have just been blowing teams out or at least getting leads and not not having to use Jonathan Taylor as much. So we've seen more Jordan Wilkins. We've seen more Naheem Hines. I'm not necessarily worried about Jonathan Taylor because I think in competitive games, Jonathan Taylor is going to be the guy that you want to own, and that's the guy that they were going to use. As of right now, he's averaging 16 carries a game, has about... 47% of the snap share plays about 33 snaps per game. Naheem Hines isn't too far behind that, but Naheem Hines is more of a receiving back, and they also like using him in cleanup duty because they don't want to put too many miles on Taylor. They want to save him. They're aware of the fact that they have Phillip Rivers as a quarterback. Phillip Rivers is just shot. He can't push the ball vertical. Him and T.Y. Hilton are their quarterback and wide receiver one. And both of those players seem like they're well over the hill. So they're just going to try to keep Jonathan Taylor fresh and not use him as much. Doesn't sound that great for fantasy football. I get it. But they're playing Cleveland this week. Cleveland's going to try to run the football. It's going to be a slower game. It's going to be a dominate-the-clock kind of game. But they're probably going to need Jonathan Taylor all throughout the game. So I expect him to have a solid outing, probably a little bit capped on the upside. Whereas James Robinson maybe has a little bit more upside, but I still think the workload will be there for Taylor, and that's why he cracks into my top 10. So my top 10 goes Alvin Kamara versus the Chargers, Dalvin Cook at Seattle, Clyde Edwards-Alaire versus Raiders, Elliott versus Giants, Henry versus Buffalo, Chris Carson versus Minnesota, Chris Carson, Minnesota. Minnesota has been a terrible defense. I think they've done a little bit better recently. But in the beginning of the season, they couldn't stop anything on the ground. They were really, really susceptible through the air. And last week, we saw them give up a couple touchdowns to Will Fuller. I can definitely see that happen for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But we'll get into them in a little bit. So after Derrick Henry, it's Chris Carson, like I said. Then it's Josh Jacobs at Kansas City. He's just getting the workload. Gets a lot of the snap percentage. He's getting like three targets a game, two, three, maybe even four, being used a little bit more in the receiving role now he hasn't blown up a lot quite yet other than week one he's just had in the last two weeks have been eight fantasy points it's not all that great but there could be some cleanup time here i don't love josh jacobs in this matchup but he cracks my top 10 because of the workload and because of the fact that they're going to want to run the football against kansas city keep pat mahomes on the sidelines good luck with that but i do feel like josh jacobs will have a solid workload here Eight, Kareem Hunt versus the Indianapolis Colts. And then, like as I said, nine, Taylor. Ten, Davis. Eleven, Robinson. Then Twelve, James Conner versus Philadelphia. Thirteen, Miles Sanders at Pittsburgh. Fourteen, David Johnson versus Jacksonville. And then fifteen, Kenyon Drake at the New York Jets. Now, Kenyon Drake has been a very, very frustrating one because Kenyon Drake has 67% of the snaps, gets 17 carries a game, has 47 snaps on average through the season. And he just has not done a lot with that. He's just not getting in the end zone, but he's getting the workload. And last week against Carolina, we all thought it was going to be that kind of breakout week for him. But Carolina is a little bit better of a defense than I think we originally thought. Because week one, they got blown up by Josh Jacobs. Now, they've kind of stabilized a little bit more. They won on the road against the Chargers. They come back home. They win this week. Teddy Bridgewater looks pretty good. They're throwing the ball a decent amount. And their defense isn't as susceptible. 
So Kenyon Drake did not have a great fantasy outing. But this week against the Jets, it's the New York Jets. You're going to be running the football against the Jets. Now, typically, Jets have a solid, I think, interior defensive line. I think Foley Fatakasi and Quinton Williams, they're solid interior defensive players. But you can run the football on them because the defense is on the field so much because the offense can't sustain any drives. Sound familiar, Giants fans? But I like Kenny Drake here. And if he can't get it done against the Jets, even though it's on the road, then you just... I'm not going to trade him low, but it's 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 close. It really is. If you can get anything for him, you're going to try to jump ship. But this should be the breakout game, and if it doesn't happen, that's not good. That's really, really not good. And before we get into wide receiver, I want to do a quick red zone report. So these are all the targets and carries that players are getting in the red zone, the players that are most utilized in the red zone. So as of right now, Derrick Henry, even though he had a bye week, is still number one with red zone usage. He has 20 carries, one target in the red zone, 21. Then it's Aaron Jones with a 19 total targets or carries, okay? So he had 11 carries, eight targets, 19 total. Ezekiel Elliott, 17 total. Kamara, 16 total. Jonathan Taylor, 15 total. Then Josh Jacobs and Todd Gurley, both at 14. Kareem Hunt at 13. Christian McCaffrey, even though he's missed basically the entire season, has 12. And then Cam Newton has 12. Right after that, it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire at 11. Devin Singletary, Miles Gaskin, James Conner, Daryl Henderson, Nick Chubb, all at 11. Then after that, it's Jarek McKinnon, Josh Kelly, Ronald Jones, Zach Moss, Peyton Barber, all have 10. Now, those are all the players in the NFL through the first four weeks that have had 10 or more red zone carries or targets combined, okay? I think that's very, very important. Now, some of those names aren't as sexy as other names. Guys like Zach Moss, who have missed two games, still have 10. Now, that was in weeks one and two. Will he still have that role? Something to monitor, but Zach Moss, is definitely someone who you can find on the waiver wire. So if you want to take that risk, see if he still has that role, because I know Devin Singletary filled into that role. He fell into the end zone and got a touchdown this week. Now, Peyton Barber, he is somebody you probably don't want to invest (laughs) in at all. I know that offense might be able to move the football a little bit, but Antonio Gibson has been used a lot more around the red zone, which is definitely good in the last two weeks, because Antonio Gibson, with Kyle Allen coming in, and Josh and uh, Dwayne Haskins leaving, it's definitely could help the offense. It can't really hurt it because Wayne Haskins was not doing that well, but it seems like Antonio Gibson will be used more. For the rest of my running back rankings, please go to Big Blue View and check them out. And before we get into the wide receivers, please, let's take a minute to hear a word from our sponsors. So wide receivers, Adam Thielen is my number one wide receiver against the Seattle, at the Seattle Seahawks, I should say. And he's somebody who has a 30% target share and Justin Jefferson has a 20% target share, and I believe both of these guys should probably have a good game. I think this, is, again, is going to be a high-scoring affair where Russ is going to cook, where Kirk Cousins, I mean, it's prime time. Primetime Cousins hasn't been great, but he kind of at least debunked that a little bit over the last couple of years, won a playoff game, which is definitely huge. But this is a whopping 57.5 point over-under, and I want as many pieces of this as I can get. And that's why Kirk Cousins is a top 15 quarterback for me, somebody I typically would not want to try to put as a quarterback one, even though that's a quarterback two technically because it's top 12, somebody you don't necessarily want to start in fantasy leagues, but 57 and a half points is a lot. I'm going to try to run the football initially, but Russell Wilson is going to be able to cook. There's going to be a lot of scoring in this game, and I have Adam Thielen at one. DeAndre Hopkins against the New York Jets, I have at two. 
He's playing through an injury, but he practiced on Wednesday, which is already big news because he didn't practice a lot last week. Now, this guy has 36% target share, which is ridiculous. He averages 12.3 targets per game. Kyler Murray's looking for him all the time. This is his number one guy. Now, if the Houston Texans still had this guy, it would be great for Deshaun Watson and that passing offense, but he does not. And he's an Arizona Cardinal. The next highest target share on the season is Larry Fitzgerald at 15%. DeAndre Hopkins is the first read. 50-50 balls, he gets all the time. Don't need to tell you to start DeAndre Hopkins, but he's my number two. Number three is Tyree Kill. Number four is Michael Thomas. If he plays, if he's healthy, if he gets full practice in, you must monitor that situation. And then five and six are both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Like I said, I love that game. I want to attack the game with a high over-under. I want a piece of that affair because there's going to be fantasy points to go around. Tyler Lockett did not have a great game last week, but he has 30% average target share. DK Metcalf has 22% average target share. Tyler Lockett is just under 10 targets average a game. DK Metcalf, 7.3. Now, Minnesota, good luck guarding those two. <laughs> it's definitely going to be very, very difficult for the Minnesota Vikings. Seven, I have Steph Diggs at Tennessee. Eight, Amari Cooper versus New York Giants. Nine, Calvin Ridley, who just got goose-egged versus Carolina. And like I said, I think Carolina's defense is coming along. I think they're a little bit better. But I also think Calvin Ridley is an amazing talent. Calvin Ridley leads the league right now with 14 red zone targets. He has eight catches in the red zone, four touchdowns. When it comes to end zone targets, he also leads the league. He has eight. Now, the next highest end zone target is Mark Andrews with six. And it's kind of crazy because Mark Andrews only has 20 targets on the year. But he gets used in the most high leverage situations. But the Ravens just don't throw the football all that much. He has a 23% target share, but he averages less than six targets a game. And we'll get into Mark Andrews a little bit later. But Calvin Ridley... I mean, Calvin Ridley's just being used a lot in these high-leverage situations. Eight targets in the end zone, 14 in the red zone, has three end zone touchdowns. So, yes, he got goose-egged, still comes in the top 10. He's going to be used a lot at home on that fast track in Atlanta against the Carolina Panthers. Next, I have Keenan Allen, who has a 35% target share, and it's actually crazy to think that that actually might go up because there's no more Austin Eckler there. And another game that I want to attack, and I know I glossed over Amari Cooper before, but that's that Dallas-New York Giants game. Because I have C.D. Lamb at 21, and Michael Gallup is another player that I think is in for one heck of a game because he could see a lot of Ryan Lewis if the Giants and Patrick Graham do want to put James Bradbury on Amari Cooper. C.D. Lamb is going to be utilized as a number three receiver. They're going to line up a lot of three-by-one sets, maybe even three-by-two sets. They're going to use Dalton Schultz. C.D. Lamb is going to be tasked to split the seam. The Giants' secondary needs to be on point, and that's going to be difficult. It's going to be very difficult. Now, the Giants are about middle of the pack. They surrender about 38 fantasy points a game to wide receivers. Dallas, however, surrenders about 50 fantasy points a game to wide receivers. They rank third. Seattle surrenders the most. Cleveland surrenders the second most with about 50.7. But again, Phillip Rivers and T.Y. Hilton, not all that great. With Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman both out there, that's that's tough. But they're going to be using guys like Mo Alley-Cox, Jack Doyle, and Zach Paschal probably a lot. Minnesota is the fourth, surrendering 45.2 fantasy points per game. But the Giants are going to really need to have their heads squared away here. Because Dallas, Dak Prescott is having an MVP-type season. 
Although, albeit, you know, they had to come from behind basically in every single game. I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that here. But Dallas is just giving fantasy points away. So this is going to be Darius Slayton. Hopefully Golden Tate, who does not seem to be the Golden Tate that we remember from last year. Small sample size, but has not quite been there yet. But that's definitely a game we want to attack as well, because there should be a lot of fantasy goodness. But Amari Cooper has 25% of the target share, averages just under 12 targets a game. Ezekiel Elliott and C.D. Lamb both have 16% of the target share. Both average just under 7.5 targets a game. Dalton Schultz and Michael Gallup have 14% of the target share. Dalton Schultz averages about 6.7 targets a game. Michael Gallup, 6.3 targets per game. So that's definitely something that we want to pay attention to. 11, I have Mike Evans at Chicago. 12, I have Robert Woods versus Washington. 13, DJ Chark at Houston. We just saw Adam Thielen go off against the Houston Texans. DJ Chark could be somewhat similar if he's healthy and it seems like he is back from the chest and back injuries that he was dealing with earlier in the season 14 juju smith schuster versus the philadelphia eagles and 15 cooper cup versus washington the rams had struggled with patrick graham's defense it was a mismatch kind of thing the rams used a lot of tight 12 personnel i think they should have spread it out more i think it would have been much better for them if they did that now they're going up against washington chase young is still kind of rehabbing an injury right now it's unclear if he's going to play looks Sort of unlikely, but I don't want to be quoted on that. I haven't seen the practice report for Thursday quite yet when it comes to Chase Young. But that's definitely uh, something to monitor as well. And you also have the West to East Coast 1 o'clock start. The last time that happened to the Rams, they dropped 30-plus points on the Buffalo Bills. So maybe they can get over that. The toughest defenses to face in terms of fantasy points allowed are the Kansas City Chiefs, the football team, the Chicago Bears and the Saints and then Arizona would be the fifth team but they're playing the Jets so hopefully you're not starting any Jets receiver other than Jamison Crowder who's a slot receiver dink and dunk I'm fine with starting those kind of things and this is only a four game sample size so it's not a huge sample size and in terms of the football team who are second giving up 28 fantasy points to wide receivers it's more of a product of game script if you watched the game yesterday the all 22 Lamar Jackson missed Marquise Brown several times deep and not throwing the football it wasn't an accuracy issue he just didn't see him and he ended up checking it down or going to another route but if he saw him he was open and Marquise Brown could have had a huge game but the game script for Washington has not gone their way whereas Kansas City the game script should say that wide receivers should be scoring points because Kansas City always gets a nice lead but Kansas City's defense is just really good that Fenton guy number 27 that they found he looked really really good on Monday night against the New England Patriots so they might have really found something. Credit to Steve Spagnuolo. You know, that's a giant great right there. Always got to give respect. As for tight ends, the defenses that give up the most tight end points are the Atlanta Falcons. They go up against Carolina. Second is New Orleans against the Chargers. Philly is third at Pittsburgh. And Cleveland, fourth against Indianapolis. Buffalo is fifth at Tennessee. See, now Philadelphia gave up that three touchdown game to Tyler Higby, and they also had a pretty poor performance in week one. But then they faced the Bengals, and Drew Sample had like a catch on one target. And then they had the pleasure of getting absolutely annihilated by George Kittle. So there are some outliers there because they had two huge games that they gave up, and then they had that Drew Sample game. Philadelphia is probably the worst defense in terms of, I say, covering the tight end. Atlanta is also another team that has really struggled. We just saw them get 
torched by Robert Tanyan for three touchdowns, but their pass defense just in general is absolutely horrible, and that's with Devonta Casey and Keanu Neal dealing with injuries, so they have so many young pieces. Just start the Carolina Panthers. I mean, I have DJ Moore in a couple leagues, and DJ Moore has been the biggest fantasy disappointment, in my opinion, just because I believe in his talent, and he has not materialized. He has not come, but he comes in my top 20. He does. He's my 20th receiver at Atlanta. I have to have Robbie Anderson over him because Robbie Anderson is just playing better football as of right now. But as for the tight ends, I've got George Kittle versus Miami, Travis Kelsey versus the Raiders, Mark Andrews versus the Bengals, Darren Waller at the Chiefs, Evan Ingram at Dallas. Now that is one that just makes me a little upset. But Dallas gives up the eighth most fantasy points of tight end, 17.4 per game. And Evan Ingram is somebody who is just dominating the target share for the New York Giants. He is over 20% of the target share for the Giants. And he averages about seven targets a game. He's getting 10 targets. He's getting double-digit targets a lot of these times, too. Especially in these catch-up modes, what the Giants tend to be in. But he's just not doing a lot with it as of right now. Now, Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton, those are the two main weapons right now for the Giants. I think Golden Tate will be used a lot in this Dallas game. The Giants should be able to move the football. And I think Evan Ingram is definitely going to find his way into the end zone in this game. And it's so gross to think about because Evan Ingram has let me down so many times. But I'm putting him in my top five here. I am. I think there's going to be fantasy points for Ingram. And the Giants offense has really tried to get him to have success. They've really stressed it. And he's just not coming through. He's dropping the ball. He just looks sloppy. He's not good as a blocker, which doesn't really affect his fantasy output at all. He just needs to be more consistent. I think he can do that at Dallas. Six, I have Hunter Henry at the Saints. Seven, Dalton Schultz versus the Giants, who have been pretty good against tight ends. The Giants, who are usually just, hey, giving fantasy points away to the tight ends, they're ninth, bottom nine. They average... 9.3 fantasy points a game to tight ends. But Dalton Schultz, I think he's a big part of that offense, so I have him in my top 10 as well. And it's kind of crazy because they have all of these receivers, and then you have Quincy Wilson as their wide receiver four. But they love Kellen Moore's offense, Dak Prescott, and they love to throw to the tight end. So Dalton Schultz comes in at 7. 8, Zach Ertz at Pittsburgh. 9, Johnny Smith versus Buffalo. 10, Tyler Higby versus the football team. And then 11, we have... Eric Ebron versus the Eagles. Like I just said, the Eagles struggle. The Steelers had a bye. I like Eric Ebron this week. I do. Last time we saw him on a football field, he looked pretty damn good. And I expect that to kind of continue. You can find him on the waiver wire. I'd pick him up now and put him on your bench. Or you can even start him depending on your situation. Because I'd start him over guys like Mike Kosicki at San Francisco. Even Greg Olson versus Minnesota. Even though I love that game. But I love the other receiving options and guys like Chris Carson a lot more than I like an old geriatric Greg Olson. So I I look at these tight ends, man. You look at the fantasy points giving up. Again, Atlanta, New Orleans, Philadelphia, Cleveland, Buffalo, football team, Dallas, and Tennessee, Jacksonville. Those are the top teams that give up a lot of fantasy points to the tight end position. So... You can go to Big Blue View, see the rest of my rankings, 
tight end position is sort of barren. I think there's guys like Mo Alley Cox, who a lot of people are excited about because he keeps t- catching touchdowns, but he runs like seven routes a game. That's not good. That's not great. When you run so few routes, you're just depending on touchdowns, and that's not what you want to rely upon on fantasy football. You want to rely upon opportunity. That's why you got to look at the target shares, why you got to look at the targets per game. Those are the things that you need to pay attention to. But please monitor all these injuries. Because there's always injuries, especially with COVID now. We saw what happened on Saturday. So keep your mind on fantasy football. And check your lineups before they lock. Because people won't do that. And then they'll start somebody in a spot when they have COVID. Like Cam Newton last week. Not good. It's not a good way to do it. Another thing, too. And I know this won't help you guys this week because you're not going to hear this till Friday. But take your Thursday night games out of your flex positions, especially with COVID. You need the flexibility. Injuries happen midweek. We saw that last week with Joe Mixon. He came back and he dominated. But COVID happens midweek. And if you have a wide receiver or a running back in your flex position on a Thursday, and then you lose a starting running back and you have another receiver you want to play, you can't swap him out. So just ensure that you put every Thursday night game that you have into whatever category the position that they play. Don't put them in the flex. Okay? And as for three defenses to stream this week and three kickers to stream, according to Yahoo, these are the ones that are available in not, I wouldn't say even a, a minority of leagues because the Cardinals are rostered in 55% of leagues. They're at the Jets. And then the Saints against the Chargers are rostered in 71% of leagues. Chiefs versus the Raiders are rostered in 76% of the leagues. Now, they could possibly be there at Yahoo and ESPN, but they also may not be. That's a pretty high percentage. And as for three kickers to stream, Jason Myers versus the Minnesota Vikings. He's of the Seattle Seahawks. Kaimi Fairbairn versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's of the Texans. And then Rodrigo Blankenship at Cleveland Browns. He is a Indianapolis Colt. Okay, so thank you very much for listening to this. Please rate, subscribe, review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to it. Have a lovely day and best of luck with your fantasy football matchups. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.